Yo, 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 Thought Warriors, what is up? Our learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan. It's me, Rachel Lindsay. Now, we have to say from the top. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry, Rach. You were getting ready to say something. No, go ahead. I want to hear what you say. What I was about to say is there might be some extra ears that are listening to us right now. So if you're new to our community here, uh, because of all of the, I'd say, developments over the past couple of days, and we <laughs> welcome you. a nice you. word. And developments, <laughs> developments. Rachel ending people's careers. Wow. are the developments that we're talking about. Rachel <laughs> well, just getting people... I didn't realize we were on that side of it, Van, but good Rachel to know where I stand with you on this podcast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Uh, how is your morning going, Miss <laughs> Lindsay? How are things for you? I rebuke everything you just said to me, by the way. But I do want to say welcome to all the new thought warriors that we do have. It's so exciting mm-hmm. that we get to grow this community. Welcome. As you, you've got at the beginning of this, what Van just did is sarcasm. There's a lot of that that goes on in this podcast. But back yeah. to your initial question, how is my morning? Yeah. Busy. You know, it's Monday. Big mm-hmm. news broke on Friday. Actually, news has been popping off all week in Bastard Nation. But Friday, sure. Chris announced that he was stepping down. Chris Harrison. Um, Chris Harrison, yes. Host of The Bachelor franchise for 18 years. Is stepping aside for the first time ever after an interview that he had with me on Extra. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can imagine it's been a busy weekend. B- busy weekend and a busy Monday morning. Uh, so let's start there. Yeah. Let's start there. So Go ahead. the fallout from all of this, I, it was trending all weekend. The Bachelor franchise, the franchise that you have been uh, so inextricably linked to, is now embroiled in racial controversy. It got racial. It's racialisms that are happening. Uh, Chris Harrison, who is the face of that franchise, like you said, is gone now. You saw that headline, and the first thing you thought was what? Well, I thought... It was the same apology at first, right? It was it was black background, white letters. I was like, oh no, when someone sent it to me, I'm like, yeah, 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 he's already apologized. I've, I've seen this. I was surprised at the swift action that was taken, whether it was on Chris's part, the network, Warner, I'm not sure. But the fact that they have already made a decision that he does not need to be, you know, what's been filmed has been filmed. Mm-hmm. But anything further at the moment has come to a halt. I was shocked by it. Um, 
how do I feel? You know, a lot, a lot of people today have been saying, was it the right thing? What do you think about that? That's more, that's harder for me to say, but I will say it, what also developed this weekend, and maybe this is where my answer lies, what developed this weekend also were contestants coming together for a first, the first time in a way I've never seen before. You've seen the women from the current season put out a statement saying that they stand with me, they advocate for change, and they do not appreciate what they saw ha- transpire between Chris and I in that interview. Then it was a domino effect. The men from Claire and Tasha's season did the same thing. Other leads who have never spoken out before are starting to speak out. So my question is, where do you go from here if you're Chris Harrison? If you have current contestants saying that they don't like what they saw, they don't stand for it, they're not about this, how can he continue in this way? I don't know. Do you think he can? As he would talk to, I don't know. I don't know, Van. You tell me. That's that's what he kept doing to me in the interview. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, Is I it right? Know. I don't know. I don't who know. Are, <laughs> Rachel, Rachel, who are you? Who are you to decide whether or not Chris Harrison can continue. Who are you? Who the hell am I, Rachel? Uh, you're triggered. Let's bring it back. <laughs> Yo, but so, he, so here's the thing, and this comes from a non-bachelor point of view. And it's, it's, so a lot of times when these things come up in terms of when a show uh, that deals sort of in because The Bachelor is a show, right? But it's not scripted. So the fact that it's unscripted, there are a lot of things that are going to come up and be discussed in a franchise like that, that there's not a writer somewhere that's crafting them. they just mm-hmm. things that come up on accident. Absolutely. Being alive is really all about the things that come up on accident. Mm-hmm. I think that if you live through 2020, you know that. It's about the things that come up out of yep. the blue. It's about the plans going wrong. And so... This is an interesting moment to see how alive the Bachelor franchise really is. Mm -hmm. Because the reality is that as much as things have been tried to, uh, have been manicured, as much as things have been sort of put in place and they've tried not to offend and they've tried to appeal to everyone, when you deal in any sort of reality, whatever percentage of reality that's going to exist on a show like that, Mm -hmm. you have the opportunity for something like this to happen where people's actual feelings and people's actual wants, needs, and goals are going to be at cross-purposes with what the show thinks uh, it should be. Mm-hmm. And if it's at all real, yeah, then that's going to happen. And yeah. I think it's, to a degree, kind of impressive that they've been able to sort of stay out of these types of discussions before now. Do you think it's impressive? Think about I, it, though, Van. They've never had to. They've never been challenged in this way, right? In 2017, I was the first. So who else? And, and I could have not done the things that I've done. So who else would have challenged them? Now, you did have in 2012 former contestants saying they sued the franchise. I remember about, that. But that's pretty much, and that really didn't get that much attention. It really didn't go anywhere. And those contestants didn't make it far in the franchise. So they really didn't have the same platform. People dismissed it. And I think that's what they've always been able to do is dismiss how people of color feel about why are you looking at me like that? I'm looking at you like that. I'm looking at you like that because something you just said, yo, <laughs> I want to let everybody hear my voice. We should be running out of firsts. Okay. Right. It's like, it's like, you know, I was listening to shout out to my people down there in Baton Rouge, the Temple family. 
Collis Temple, Garrett Temple, Elliot Temple. Shout out to them. I was listening to a podcast. Collis' dad, Collis Temple, uh, Collis Temple Jr. was the first black player, basketball player at LSU. Um, and it was all about David Duke because they were at uh, LSU mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that was in 1970. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking, damn, that's late to have your first black player on your, on your team in 1970. That seems like a 1950s accolade. That seems like a 1960s accolade. Really but does. then when we get into the 2017s and you got your first black anything, man, we got to get some of these firsts out of the way. When you said that, <laughs> I was like, God damn, Bachelor. <laughs> like, the Bachelor, shape up. Like, and that's why it's talking? not impressive. It's not impressive because nobody's ever challenged them in this way before. So if anything, they're behind it, which is what their apology was in 2020. We've been on the wrong side of it and we vow to do better. So I think if anything that we can take from this is we got complacent. In 2020, we said, do better. You need to have leads, more leads of color. You need to have an apology. You need to have people in power that are of color that are making these decisions. You need to have storylines that are diverse. And they did some of that. And then we said, okay. And then look what happened last week. So if anything, it teaches you, you can't stop. Like you have to keep going. Just because some changes are made doesn't mean that it's all good. And I think that's what this has shown us. Would, you be, would you be upset if Chris Harrison returned as the host of The Bachelor? Wow. It's a great question. Well, like, no, why I'm are we mixing I'm like, words? Damn. Now, yeah. Like, would no, you be I'm upset? laughing because I'm like, damn, it's a good question. Man, nobody's asked me this question. That's what of I course, mean. Van. Of course, Van. This is what, that's why I paused because I'm like, of course, Van would ask me a question like this. I need to see what happens between now and the time that it potentially is announced that he's coming back. Like, because this is what I, I'm going to tell you what I don't want. I'll tell you what I'll be mad about. If he goes away, we don't see him at the finale. And then he pops back up on Paradise like the last four or five months didn't happen. You need to show me that there's been some change within you. And disappearing from the public eye is not the change that I need to see. But, and I don't know how you do that for me. But see, that's the question. The question the is, only, what do you that's do? That's the only way. Right? Because, do you want Chris to do, like, because, like, what does he have to do? Some outreach? Do we want to see immerse Chris? yourself in the culture. Immer- don't read what? a book. Immerse yourself in the culture. Yeah, what, are, like, what does don't, that mean? I don't want to see because I don't want to see you reading a book. Like, oh, I read this book and this book. I read, I read White Fragility. I read How to Be an Anti Racist. I read. Cast I don't want to see that. By Isabel Wilkerson or something like that. Great book. Just a way. good book. <laughs> Which is a good book. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that you watch certain documentaries. I want to know that you you understood. Maybe that's you going to a place where you sitting in the barbershop getting some real stories, understanding what it is, what racism looks like, explicit, implicit, what understanding these stories of what it is that people have been through. I want to see you volunteering. I want to see you donating. I want to uh, see you in it. So you got to get in this thing because I want to feel like when, when I talk to you that you're not giving me a textbook's answer. I want you to be able to feel me and feel what it is that we're saying as much as you can. That's the only way you're going to get it. Because this then when be this crazy. happens, like, what, what? Because it's, it's like, it's going to be, I see it now. I see a kid sitting on like a stool. He's reading the book and he gets to the end of the book and the pages are torn out of the book. And all of a sudden you hear a voice. 
somewhere right now, a little black kid doesn't have the resources they need That's to get not the what education that they deserve. Hi, I'm Chris Harrison, formerly the Bachelor <laughs> Franchise. I just want to let everybody, all the people of color out there know that while that they I don't miss. have the right to complain, <laughs> they do have the right to an education. You know what I mean? Because really, because the, the point that I make is why this is going to be some weird, this is Chris Harrison for the United Negro College Fund. This is Chris Harrison working on the NAACP. See, and that's the that's... question. The question is, at this point, if you really feel like anybody, not just Rachel, anyone, mm-hmm. if that's really who he is, then what can he do? And this is a question for anyone, not just Chris Harrison. Yeah. What can he do to show that he's not that guy anymore? You got to be proactive, right? What does that, if, what does that mean, well, though? Okay, let's just say this is an issue that's happening, right? Let's just say, God forbid, another tragedy happens where, you know, you see some of the events that, that transpired in 2020 come to, to public light again. Because we know it happens all the time, but it's not always that the public knows about it. Is Chris Harrison out on the marching? Is well, see, he out on the front you can't, that can't, <laughs> you can't use that standard, number one, because we don't want that to happen again. And I'm giving two, you an example of being proactive. Not, like, right. I need to see you take charge in it. Lead the conversation. How could he Lead, take charge tomorrow? You can't. He ain't going to learn everything. Listen, what you saw in that interview is a is a one. It was somebody who didn't want to understand the other side, somebody who didn't want to accept Course. What I was trying to say, and somebody who like was was comfortable in the space that they were in, and actually wanted it to go back to the way that it was when people didn't call out and recognize these things. As you said, he preferred it that way. Yeah. That is not going to change in one day. It's not going to change in an apology because first he has to understand. Somebody needs to sit down with him and have him watch that interview and pl- press play and pause and explain everything that he said. And how it was, there was implicit racism within those sentences. That's okay. what he, he needs, somebody needs to explain that to him. Because otherwise he's just going to think, oh, people are upset. I'm responding to the backlash. You know, like, I'll make sure not to say that again. No, you need to understand what you said and why it's wrong. Right. I couldn't agree with you more on that, on that topic right there, on that point. Couldn't agree with you more, which is why <laughs> I am Formally inviting Chris Harrison on to the Higher Learning Podcast. This is a real, actual, formal invitation for Chris Harrison to come on the Higher Learning Podcast. Two reasons. Okay. Two reasons. Number one, uh, this is an instance where I can sit back and be a spectator. One reason is that I don't think that you and him had long enough to parse through everything that was going on, right? I don't think that you had you guys had long enough. Number two, I don't think it was, and you we've spoken about this, a forum where there could be 360 degrees of Rachel showing off because it was an interview done mm-hmm. on a celebrity show where, you know, whatever. And I think mm-hmm. that conversation still has to happen out loud. And that conversation mm, still point. has to hap- still has to happen uh, in a way that everyone can kind of see it. Because, look, I'm not about to get in with the people that are like, oh, you know, cancel culture and stuff like that. Very few people are canceled, and I sincerely doubt that Chris Harrison will be one of them. No, he's not. But what, but what I will say is, 
and this goes for anyone, like you can't be right until you understand why you were wrong. Mm-hmm. And I have my doubts that he's to that place because there hasn't been enough dialogue. I think that what he's had right now is he's had a thought. He's heard that that thought was wrong. And now people have dictated sort of his future to him or dictated his mindset to him. And I would bet that if there was one, uh, one emotion that was inside of him right now, I doubt that it was remorse. I think that there's probably another R word that is probably dominating Chris Harrison's mind right now. Uh, and that's probably resentment. He probably most likely resents all of this stuff and everything that's going on. And while we don't, it's not our job to talk him out of it, it certainly would be an interesting conversation to have and one that I think people uh, would want to hear that are on both sides of this. And that need to hear. I, I really, I really, really love this because I would say that much like the country, Bachelor Nation is 50 50. Oh, yeah. And you got half the people who are supportive and love what's happening and are happy we're talking about it and bringing things to light. And you got other half of it, people that blame me who are saying it's my fault that Chris Harrison gave me everything and that I have taken him down and that's been my goal. And I, and you're not going to reach everybody. You're not going to please everyone. But if we, if we were to continue this conversation with Chris Harrison, then I think it's important for people to see what it is that he did wrong and for him to hear it and to accept it, hopefully, and to acknowledge his part in it all. And maybe for him to say, wow, I never saw it that way. Wow, nobody's ever brought that to my attention. Oh, I thought of it as this way. Because maybe it'll reach somebody else and maybe they'll recognize their own unconscious bias because that is what implicit racism is. I think people get so caught up on the word racist and racism not realizing their levels to it. You don't have to always be dressed up in your white sheets, you know, burning crosses or, you know, wearing racist symbols or saying, you know, certain derogatory statements that are racist. It is sometimes the way you feel within, the certain stereotypes that you possess and the way that you act. That is what I felt was going on in that interview. That is what people need, we need to talk more about. Yeah, because that's the part that makes it rain, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the other part mm -hmm. is... Like, it can rain without there being a thunderstorm. My dad used to say that all the time. My you know, I don't know why you keep keeping your daddy from us. He, I really he, don't. He, we have <laughs> taken so many of his, his stories, his life lessons, just these little nuggets. And I don't know why you keep keeping him from us. I would need him so bad. My, my, yeah, he used to say, my dad used to say, you know, a thunderstorm is scary. A rain is, rain is just bad weather. He's like, you should plan for rain more than you should plan for a thunderstorm because they don't happen very often. Mm -hmm. And I think people think of racism as this big, huge, ugly, all-consuming, you're hearing thunderclaps and there's lightning and blah, 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 blah. You know it when you see it. You got to wear your galoshes and you don't go to school. But no, it's also just a cloudy day or a rainy day, a day that makes, it's just like things that make it just a little bit less bright. Mm -hmm. Situations that you have to navigate in your life where they're, suboptimal, right? And yeah. no one in the world deserves optimal, but you deserve the chance at it. You deserve the, no, like, you don't deserve anything. You deserve the opportunity for everything, like we've said mm -hmm. before, right? Mm -hmm. So, so 
sometimes people don't even know, and this is across the board, how their microaggressions or even their mindset is just making things just a little cloudy for people. Yeah. It's yeah. not it's not making a thunderstorm, yeah. but you're giving me a light drizzle, dog. Mm-hmm. You're giving me some some <laughs> some medium level rain where it's hard to drive and stuff like that. Just move some of your clouds around, my man. It's not that big of a deal. It's easier than you think, but you got to know that you got to do it. Right. And so I think the first thing is making people understand that like there's nothing wrong with understanding that there is work to do. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. Look, and, and by the way, that some of that is on. Some of that is on. I don't want to say it's on us, but some of that is on anybody that shows up to the conversation. Right. When you show up to the conversation, bring everything with you. But when you're in the conversation, don't go ad hominem. Don't go, don't, no attacks. Just bring your lunch pail and have the talk. Right. Like just have the talk. Talk about it. I know it's uncomfortable. Not for me. I like it. It's uncomfortable. It's scary. I love it. But how how do you ever get down to the nitty gritty if you're not just being honest? You got to be afraid to just say whatever it is without wor- worrying about what the person's going to think. Because mm-hmm. we got to get it out. You got to get it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Let me ask you a question. How do you know? How do you know what, what the nitty gritty? Everyone says get down to the nitty gritty. Like how do you know oh, when what you're is at actually... the nitty gritty? How do you know when you're at the nitty gritty? What is the nitty gritty? It's something that's like, you know, it's down in the... It's deep. It's the it's depth. Deep. It's like it kind of feels grimy. Like that's how you when you when you get that feeling when you're in that the moment, nitty-gritty. right? That's the yeah. nitty gritty. You but feel so, it. But like, can you have? Because can you have just the nitty? Because sometimes people not really without all, the gritty, without the gritty, or the gritty without the nitty. I don't think you can have the gritty without the nitty, but you can have the nitty without the gritty. Okay, because once you go <laughs> to the okay, interesting. Because you the nitty is first, right? And the gritty right. is second. Right. So they can't have t- one without the other. Can't have one without the other. Well, well no. You're you saying can you can nitty. have you can, you can have, have nitty. nitty. Without, you have nitty without gritty, but you can't have gritty without nitty. Right. Okay. Are there certain times that we can just settle for we just gonna go because maybe we don't know each other well enough. We're just gonna go to the nitty today. And we're don't not you going think the nitty, the nitty don't you think the nitty was the conversation I had with Chris? Nah. The gritty would be the gritty would be on the podcast. Oh, that's probably a good point. Because y'all got to mm-hmm. the nitty and he took yeah. it on the fucking chin. He was out there. He, he was, was out there. there. He was out there. So maybe, that's but the nitty. here's the thing, maybe the gritty will benefit him. The, it will benefit more than him. It'll benefit anybody who's listening to the conversation. Because we all know, well, what we saw last week, everybody knows somebody like that. Right? And I think that's part of the reason Chris felt comfortable talking that way because he knew he wasn't alone. He knew he wasn't alone. Right. 50 million people. Do you feel bad? Do you feel bad at all about what's happened to Chris Harrison? No. I don't. Why would I? Because I, 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 okay, let me be softer. The, I feel bad that when people get attacked, right? I I think that's what we have to stop learning to do because then you give people a scapegoat to say, see, this is what he said in the interview. He said people were going to attack him. We got to stop attacking people and looking at it as like, okay, yeah, we're upset and we're disappointed and feel that and speak on that and stand in it and demand what you want to see happen from this in a better way. I get that. But the name calling, the labeling, Chris is never going to, if your intention is for him to be better and to understand what was done that was wrong, you're never going to be better if all you do is label and attack 
and um, try to cancel him. That's never going to get accomplished what you really are trying to are, are going for. So I don't feel bad for the lesson that's coming out of this. I don't feel bad that the way he's feeling was brought to light. I don't feel bad that people are mad at him and upset and disappointed. I don't. But I I feel bad that he's being attacked. One thing to hold somebody accountable is totally different to attack them. Last question about this. Okay. It's, it's something that I... Y'all heard thought, him. It's the last one. Just about this. Just about this. <laughs> Look, this conversation is going to keep going because we got more Matt James to talk about. Don't, look, that's the crazy can, thing. Can I, say, can I say something? Can I say something? <laughs> this, in a way, was the best thing that could have ever happened to Matt James. Nobody else has that opinion. Please the continue. The best thing that could have happened to Matt James. Because? Because he looks like less of a weenie under the light. Okay? You guys, if you're just joining me, every Thursday, I do a Matt James weenie roast, and we talk about how much of a ween Matt James is. He and does. Not, there's no we. Rachel joins in. Okay. <laughs> and we talk about how much of a weenie Matt James is. I'm watching it and he's got weenie tendencies. All right. Like he's a very, I would say he's an unassuming weenie. He's like a, it's not, he's not yeah. like a, a evil weenie, but he's kind of a weenie. He now, he, it, uh, compared to weenies Maximus Chris Harrison, and I'm still going to go with it. I still want him to come on the show, but dog, he's a weenie. I mean, he's still acting like one. Um, he looks like less of a week. This makes Matt James, and it depends on what happens tonight. So it, there's a lot. It depends on how certain things go. But it's actually, <laughs> it actually makes you want to, it makes you want to pile on Matt James less. Like you can have less of fun with Matt James. Of course you do. How, if you're Matt James, just, just for a second, if you're Matt James, I feel so bad for him, right? People are He's under contract. He can't speak out the way that we're speaking out. He's in an awkward position. Rachel's clearly a front runner. We don't know how this all ends, but she's clearly somebody he was into. You know, so you got to answer to that. We we don't even know what he thinks about all this. Now you've got Chris Harrison. He's the first Black Bachelor, and this shadow is over his entire season. Nobody's going to talk anymore about the fact that he's the first Black Bachelor. This is all they're going to talk about, right. period. Y'all remember when they had that 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 guy, Matt? I think yeah. I think he was the first, but remember what Chris Harrison said? Remember that Rachel girl? Right. <laughs> That's all people are going to talk about. I feel so bad for him. Yeah, and it and it's just kind of the thing is like he's the first black bachelor, and you know there's a there's a white girl that's like the front runner, and then you find she got some red nut legend, old South parties and stuff like that. And I just want everybody to understand this. It really didn't have to be this big of a deal. I agree. It, it, so it it's not it's it's racism with the little R that got us to the point of the old South Party, right? It's racism with the big R that got us to where we are right now. Because the old South Party is in a her going to the old South Party is, hey, I didn't know how bad it was. I'm sorry. The production says, I'm sorry. Chris Harrison says, this is something that we all can learn from. Boo. See, that's kind of the thing that it would have been actually pretty easy to get through that. But there's this other part of things to where I'm white. This is my country. We invented the airplane. You can't talk shit to me at all. You know what I mean? How are you going to talk to I'm white. This is, this is us. Don't talk to me. 
I don't have to apologize. Who are you? Who are you? That's the other part of it. Mm-hmm. That's the why can't I say the N-word people. And so like that part of it right there, that is what begat all of this. So let that be a lesson to you. I would also add that it's the li- it's the ignoring of the little R's that have created or added to the big R. You right. know what I mean? Ignoring the fact that these parties just exist and it's just a tradition of the South is a problem. You're allowing these the these these uh racist actions, tendencies traditions. to continue to f- traditions to fester and just attributed to, oh, that's just what they did in the South. Right. No, it's a problem. Because think of the mindset. Think of the, what you have to do to plan this party and how you have to buy your costume and what you mm-hmm. have to put within yeah. the house party to make the old South come alive again. Right. It's it's a mindset that those so those little R's are a big problem. Oh, Especially, they are. And the lesson here is when you ignore the little R, it allows the big R to rear its head. That's what's happening here. If she had just come out, well, Chris Harrison would have never spoken. By the way, just want to let everybody know something real quick. And we said this before, but we're going to say it again. Like, all of that Dixie shit is inherently racist. Look, I'm very proud to be from the South. I am from, you're not from the South. I am from, 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 from Dallas, Texas. You guys, what is Texas considered? It's, it's basically like another country. Okay. It's its own place. You sound like you're from Texas. It's its own place. Texas does Texas ain't the South. Texas okay. ain't the Texas, Texas is Texas. Like I was, we lived in Texas, Dallas for a little while. And they you they You don't know Dallas. We lived in Dallas for a little while. And it seemed like they they do they Throw on the Texas propaganda so much while you're living in Texas. It's like you wake up, you get to school, and they go, hi, sing sing deep in the heart of Texas now, or you can't come in school. Pledge to the Texas Texas flag. Pledge to the Texas flag. (laughs) Do it now, okay? (laughs) Or you're not allowed here. This is Texas, zombie town, USA. We, We like Texans are different. The South is, okay, I'm from the deep South, okay? I'm from the deep South. And in being from the Deep South, I'm very proud to be from the Deep South. I'm very proud mm-hmm. of the culture. I'm very proud of the people. I'm even proud of some of the struggles because they make for such an interesting, sometimes maddening, but enriching fabric that you can only get there. Mm-hmm. Having said that, the era of degradation and uh, the era of bondage for Black Americans in the South is nothing to celebrate. It's just nothing to celebrate, guys. Nope. Like, we talk about whether or not Juneteenth should be a holiday, right? I was on the fifth column with Kamel Foster. What does Kamel think? Absolutely not. Well, Kamel is a a brilliant conservative mind, right? But I was on the fifth column with Kamel Foster, and he said that he envisioned a world where he would celebrate Juneteenth, not just with Black people, but with anyone. That he When he would walk down the street and somebody would grab him uh, and hug him to celebrate Juneteenth. And he'd say, hey, whatever, that it wasn't a black thing that everyone could celebrate. He doesn't believe in, in, in racial sort of ideology. He doesn't believe that race is a good indicator of anything in America. So he's not celebrating Black History Month? He doesn't identify as black, he said on the podcast. He's, what does he, he identify as? Kamel, 
He says he doesn't identify. So as there's black. no race. So he doesn't believe in race. He said race is a is a is a social construct, and to him right now, race doesn't it doesn't sort of. And I won't speak for him. He does it a lot more. Uh, he can speak to his worldview a lot more eloquently than I can. He says that race doesn't really matter, and he says that nothing should be really uh uh he shouldn't be judged or he shouldn't be put into any sort of group based upon his phenotypic traits. And that's the way that he feels. Okay. okay. I disagree. Right. I, I disagree with Kamel on that, but I'm willing to have the argument, right? Sure. So I'm willing to have the argument. I disagree with him on that when we will have the argument. It's interesting something about the Juneteenth thing that he said during this conversation. What he said was that uh, he envisions Juneteenth as this. Now, and this is my, what my response to him was. If things are in America as he wants them to be, or as he says they are, or as we all as Chris Harrison even would think that they were, right? As anyone would think that they are. As anyone would hope and wish that they are. Why isn't Juneteenth already like that? So think about that. Mm-hmm. If race doesn't matter, and we've moved past all of these things, and all of these things are concoctions and figments uh, of our imaginations as Black people, none of these things really exist. But we can all agree that slavery was the darkest, most brutal, most inhumane time in the history of our country, then why wouldn't the end of slavery, which is what Juneteenth celebrates, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't that be a day of national celebration in America? Why wouldn't that be a day on par with even the 4th of July, which is a day where we really celebrate the end of us being dominated uh, by a foreign power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if if things were as you say they are, as, as all you guys say they are, we're making this up in our heads, we're making too big a deal of it, then the holiday that celebrates the end of the bondage of Black people right. is only celebrated by Black people. It's not a national holiday. And then it's only celebrated by some of the Black people because a lot of them don't even have the knowledge that it's a thing. Okay. Even making Juneteenth a federal holiday in and of itself is a divisive issue. Well, how could that be? What, what's wrong with celebrating the end of slavery? The end of slavery is also the end of a particular way of life. Correct. And that life is the antebellum home life. It's the Scarlet O'Hare, the clearly, uh, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn type of shit. Uh, it's all of that. And people don't, they're not happy that they ended. They lament it. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. mourn that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is why we have these reenactments, you know, where people dress up and celebrate the Confederacy, or we have these old South parties. Right. To commemorate it. A time it's- when a woman was a woman, a man was a man, and a nigga knew his place. And, and if you think you can have the first two, Without the last, you are absolutely kidding yourself. Hmm. And and I'm I'm sorry. So that's the thing, you know. So we'll see. We'll see if Chris Harrison takes us up on our invitation. You think he will? No, but we'd love to have you. And it would be a conversation, right? This is this is it. the nitty gritty. Okay, the that's nitty what it gritty. Is. The nitty gritty. The nitty gritty. You don't that's think it. he'll do it? I don't think. I think he would want to. Personally, I do. I really think he would want to come on and have the conversation. I don't know if he'll be allowed to. 
I bet you 100 bucks. I don't think bucks. we'll see Chris for a while. Hmm? I bet you 100 bucks Chris comes on this podcast. 100 I'll take bucks. Take it. Yeah. One, let's I do bet it. you 100 bucks Chris comes on this podcast. Great. Yeah. Was, don't duck the smoke, Chris. All right. Uh, let's take a break real quick. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Uh, yo, so I'll tell you, there's one person that like is probably thanking Chris Harrison. And, and that's that is? Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Whose who's apology came first? I think Chris Harrison's apology came first. Okay. And then Justin Timberlake, boy, white man on the run. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, think about it. White men, like Trump really sort of emboldened them. Trump been gone like a month and he already got the white men on the run. Well, Chris, not the ones in Congress, but yes. Not the ones in Congress. We'll talk about that. Uh, but yeah, Justin Timberlake apologized. Now, I haven't seen this Britney Spears documentary. Have you seen oh, it? Oh, it's so good. It's so, but here's the thing. I saw it, okay? Even talked to to the, one of the directors of it. Mm-hmm. Not, I was shocked. I was more so shocked by Britney was someone who I loved. She's a few years older than me. And I didn't realize what was happening to Britney because I just liked Britney and enjoyed her music and appreciated her in that regard. I didn't realize what was happening to her with paparazzi to the level that it was. I didn't realize the things that Justin had said that made people turn on her. I didn't realize that moms were against her, calling her, making her seem like she was a whore. I didn't know all of that. So to watch this documentary and see these things, you understand what Britney's going through. You understand why people are saying hashtag free Britney. You're understanding the conservatorship a lot bit more. But I'll tell you one thing. When I walked away, I never thought, you know what I really wish out of this documentary? Is that Justin Timberlake would just apologize to Britney. So what was in the documentary? <laughs> but it was mad people, though. All the reaction that I saw, it was mad people who felt that way. I saw mad people on Twitter that were like, Justin Timberlake is so trash. He's this, he's that. And I saw that, what happened? What did he say? I, I, to be honest with you, I missed this. I remember the Cry Me a River video. Yeah. And it seemed like they were, they were going back, but they were going back and forth. And that, that was kind of par for the relationship ending in the Hollywood course that they would kind of shit on each other like that. I don't remember anything else that kind of was going down. What did he do? Like what, what so was the, it? Was in a, the problem is that she never was speaking out. It was him. So he continued to shit on her. He had the video where he totally played into it. He had, um, meanwhile, Britney's silent. Then there was this interview that she had with Diane Sawyer that people were very upset about. And I guess the way, and I'm paraphrasing her, the way she phrased the question was kind of making Britney seem like she had some fault in it. What did you do wrong? Then there was a video of uh, Justin Timberlake on a radio show where they asked him, if he took her virginity. And at first he says he's like, he's not going to talk about it. And then he's like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I hit that. Yeah. And it's like, well, dang, is Brit, does Brittany have a voice in all this? You're just going to totally disregard her privacy and speak out about her, what she's done sexually when she's been, uh, you know, telling everyone she's a virgin and she wants to keep that a secret. He just outed her. Yeah. So it was little things like that, that you saw that you were like, okay, Justin, like, 
you're kind of whack. And Justin went on to have, you know, the, the career that he has. He seems to be doing okay, where Britney seemed to go down after that, downhill. So it's almost like he springboarded his solo career off of that. Me right. And she took a, a downfall after. This, this, I'm a great, big fan of Justin Timberlake's music. Right. Always have been. I think he makes great music. There's a song that's on the 2020 experience that is just it's a song called Strawberry Bubblegum. It's just an amazing... Justin Timberlake is really fantastic. But the one fatal flaw about Justin Timberlake is sometimes it seems like he can't fall into who he is. Right? Like when... I don't know what it is that Justin Timberlake wants to be, but it seems like sometimes he's got his own identity crisis type of deal. I, it, Why do you say that? Because for him, he seems like, to be honest with you, the type of guy that at first would want to give the right answer when pressed by those radio guys, right? And then at the end of the day, he just wants to be so cool. that Yeah, I hit that. There's no reason for Justin mm-hmm. Timberlake to answer <laughs> that question. There's no reason for Justin Timberlake... It, after the, and like even the way he cuts and runs, you know what? You remember Punked? Yes. Yes. Do you remember on Punked when they had his car or whatever? They yes. acted like they were going to steal his car. Yes. And Justin Timberlake, when they acted like they were going to steal the car, right? He was literally almost crying. They were taking all of his stuff. He was so <laughs> yeah. upset, right? And yes. then after. He, they took all of it. He immediately got his cool back. He immediately put back on whatever cloak it is that he wears when he's out there. Yeah. And it was like, oh my God, oh, I got it cool, bro. Yeah, yeah, man. Give me my truck back and all of that stuff like that. And so I always feel like he's kind of fighting between those two guys, which is the, and, and to me, that explains the Jan Jackson thing. Because Jan Jackson, for you guys don't know, Jan Jackson and Justin Timberlake did something in the Super Bowl together in 2003. Uh, he ripped off something on her clothes. Her breast was revealed under it. I never forget it. My homie Tommy goes, yo, dude, was that Janet's tit? You know what I mean? <laughs> and then after that, she apologizes. Um, and she just gets destroyed by Les Moonves for years and years and years over at CBS after that. But Justin kind of distanced himself, distanced himself from, from her and, and never really didn't hold her down at all. Yeah. And like, yeah. all of this is a part of that. All, yeah. all of this is a part of, okay, the reality is the human thing to do if you are just like a person and you're not caring about everything that everyone thinks of you is to go, hey, we both did, did this together. I support, love, and believe in Janet Jackson and whatever happens, happens. And he just seems like he's, like there's something, I don't want to, I don't know the man, but it seems like there's something kind of weak about him in that way. Well, absolutely. And it seems like this is his MO, right? If this, that's what you did to Britney and you kept it moving and then something happens with Janet and you kept it moving as well. So this is who Justin Timberlake is at the end of the day. But here, uh, did he apologize ever it, to Janet? It, uh, not that I remember. But he did so apologize. he never said anything. Not that I remember. I remember him apologizing. It had been rumored because it, there's a great, you can go back and look all this up. Let's move as a guy who was over at CBS. He was, at that point, he was just completely, he was livid reportedly about this entire thing. And 
Some people say that he made it his job to kill Janet Jackson's career after mm. that. Uh, and he was going to do the same thing for Justin Timberlake, but because the Grammys were the very next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Justin Timberlake apparently called Les Moonves and gave a tearful apology to Les Moonves not to do it. And so he spared him. Justin Timberlake has... Spared him. He has just apologized. <laughs> and the, the apology is, I've seen the messages, tags, comments, and concerns, I want to, and I want to respond. I'm deeply sorry for the times in my life where my actions contributed to the problem where I spoke out of turn or did not speak up for what was right. I specifically want to apologize to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson, both individually, uh, because I care for and respect these women and know I failed. And then it goes on. It says he's, com- he's compelled to respond by the, by the reaction that he's seen. You're shaking your head. Well, I'm just like, okay, Super Bowl happened in 2004. This Super Bowl right. that is at, at issue. So we're 17 years later. Uh, Britney was even longer than that. I thought, you know who doesn't care about these apologies? Who? Brittany and Janet. You don't think they care? They don't care. It's too late. It's at, like, you want to come back 17 plus years later and apologize for something? Where were you then? I Janet has moved on. She's dealt with the issue. Justin coming back now, I don't want to hear it. It doesn't mean, think about that. What could that apology possibly mean to the people who were actually impacted by what happened? What could that mean this many years later? I don't want, I am, I realize I'm speaking for Janet and Brittany right now, but I just have a hard time. I, I personally wouldn't care. Would you care if they came this many? It, uh, would it mean pro- something to not. you? Um, I, it's hard to say. To have, to, to, I'll speak more to the Janet part of it. Janet Jackson is, there's a video on the internet of Jimmy Fallon running down Janet Jackson's career achievements to her. And, um, and then like of her getting embarrassed about it and stuff like that. You guys, you guys don't have any idea what a big deal Janet Jackson is. And a lot of that has to do with what's happened these last 20 some odd years or almost 20 years since that happens, right? Because artists go through this whole thing and they go through a thing where they build these careers, Right. They, they get to an apex in these careers and there's a climb, but there's always a point to where we start remembering to celebrate them and remembering because either they do something else, they translate they translate to movies, they play Vegas, even like in, for Celine Dion or Mariah Carey or any of those people who have gone, you start to realize how many hits they have and all of the stuff. Really, that part of Jan Jackson's career was taken from us mm-hmm. because they really, they because of how she was getting blackballed. So, and we we don't remember to celebrate people as well as we should as a culture. So really, that was kind of taken. And to a large degree, it's because of this. So we can get busy loving on Janet right now. We definitely can, and we always should. If we can get busy loving on her right now, we should, uh, regardless of anything with Justin Timberlake. But yo, man, that's a big, that's a big debt for him to have to pay like that. Like he... That's a big moment to fail in. And I, it doesn't... Look, I'm, for by all accounts, a good dude. You know what I mean? Like, by all accounts, a good dude in terms of, I guess, his day-to-day. You know, you don't hear... I mean, I can't even say that. I don't know. Like, it's, he seems like a nice guy. I, I, I don't know, but... I don't know. That's a lot. 
That's a it lot is a lot to fail in that to, to fail in that way. It is a lot. And you have to also look look at what it took him to apologize. Do you know what I'm saying? It's I know it's not my apology to accept, but you start you you basically say why you decided to finally apologize over these years because of the comments and the messages that you were getting. It's almost as if he was apologizing to those people rather than the two people who really needed to hear it. It's what do you really understand the gravity of what you did? Or are you just responding to some social media backlash right now? Like the fact that what you did specifically to Janet, uh, Janet and Brittany was so detrimental to their careers. I mean, it wrecked Brittany. And he continued to perpetuate this thinking about Brittany when he knew the real story. Janet, he didn't have her back. To me, this is a character flaw. It's happened more than once at this point. Like I said, it's your MO. I mean, I... What 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 more could Justin do right now? Not a social more than a social media apology. You gotta That's empo- a message. You got you gotta empower somebody. There has to be, you know, because your actions take power. You gotta find some way to empower someone. Look, I'm not but look, I I fuck with Justin Timberlake. It it I've never not fucked with him. But like the reality is that like there's a corny part of this. It's like you're corny, it's corny shit. It's corny shit. Being a coward is corny. And there's some coward, <laughs> there's some cowardice here. I'm not, I don't want to pile on, but I'm like, yo, my man, nobody wants to have their career tarnished, right? But you were right there. You were right there. You were titty adjacent. It wasn't just <laughs> Janet up there with the titty. It was two people up there. It was two titties, and it was two people. Only one titty got shown. But it was two titties right there. You you were right there, Justin. So stop. It's almost like a form of snitching. It's kind of like you did the dirt together. You did. I don't think there was anything wrong with that performance, by the way. No. But to try to weasel your way out of it. That, and then and, and just, it almost seems like he threw her under the bus to do it. Kind of, sort of. And then the same thing with Britney Spears, bro. Like, it, all that broing down type of, yeah, dude, I <laughs> Britney Spears. I it's like, it's whack as hell. And if, I'll tell you something, he should be thankful that he can understand his whackness at age 40. It takes people sometimes to their 70 years to understand how whack they are. He's still got time to change. Got his whole So you 40s. think he's changed? You think he's changed because of the statement? No, I said, I think he's got time to change. <laughs> you know, help, you we'll know, see. so we'll see. We'll see, but it's just, I gotta watch the Britney doc, I guess. I gotta watch it. It's good. It's only it's only an hour, a little over an hour. Is it gonna make me like super sad though? Um, for me it was eye-opening because I feel like I've been dismissive to some of the things that Britney's gone through. And it checked me. That's how I felt. So I What's, think people should watch it. You know what I'm gonna watch instead? I'm not gonna watch that. I'm not okay. gonna watch that. You know, All I'm that gonna, explanation, you're not even gonna watch it. I'm what you gonna, gonna watch? watch it. Janet Jackson videos. I want everybody who can hear the sound of my voice. I will retweet you if you, both Janet and Brittany, I will retweet you if you go on your social media. Man, fuck talking about the people who offended us. Let's talk about the people who inspired us. So let's move it off. Let's, I like let's, it. Let's try to give Janet and Brittany back what got taken from them. You know, what's your favorite Britney Spears song? Oh, my gosh. Talk about it. 
No, I have to think about it. I think when I'm a, when I think about being a young girl and singing Britney in my room, it would be the um, sometimes I run. Remember that? It's like a slow song. What the fuck? No. I don't know if that's the name of it. Sometimes what I run, you... sometimes I hide, sometimes I scare you. All I really want to hold you is I treat you right through these days. And I... <laughs> I can't what remember. What are you talking about? What you going It's like sometimes I run, sometimes I hide, sometimes I'm scared terrible. of you. This is like, like but you were... all I really want is to hold you. T- oh my gosh, treat you right. Be with you day and night. That's your favorite Britney Spears song? <laughs> it just reminds me. It's a bring, it, I tie it to a memory. Like crushing on a young boy singing in my room. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I think that's kind of whack as <laughs> fuck. But real, Britney fan, real Britney fans will understand There's only on one that. answer to this question. And Baby, can't you see? I'm calling a guy like you to have a warning. It's dangerous. Open your eyes, man. Beer Open your eyes. That is no. the jam. That's the fucking It's a great video. Jam. It's, it is the jam. I'll be honest with you. It's not my favorite. I'll be honest with you. I've had I've had some moments. Like I was in the car one time, and I was in the car one time, Baton okay. Rouge. Uh-huh. I'm driving, you know, I'm in my car and I had some system in my shit. I had like some some speakers or whatnot. And there was some homies next to me <laughs> that rolled up on me when Toxic came on the radio and I was going a little too hard. And I never forget the look on these guys' face when I looked <laughs> over. They was like, like they almost wanted to kick me out the culture. Like, fam, really? Really? And I was like, nah, man. It's, then they took off. <laughs> they, they probably they probably see me and still go, nah, that's that guy we saw going crazy to Toxic. I love that song. What's your favorite Janet song? Oh, my favorite, ja- my favorite Janet song. I'm going to say If because I love the video so much. Yep. Amazing. Love it. What's yours? What's yours? Easy. The most perfect pop song ever made the most perfect video of a pop star just figuring out the peak of her powers. It was almost in this video that Janet put on the Infinity Gauntlet. As a child, I used to run in the room when it would play. My mother would laugh. And as a man, I still don't, you you never see a creature this this perfect. The pleasure principle. Just, oh my God. God, Jesus <laughs> Christ. First of all, the song itself is amazing. But Janet, in the Pleasure Principle video, if God made something more perfect, it's the videos. kept it for himself. A fucking amazing in that video. <laughs> Just crazy. I love that. Dun, 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 Wait, have you seen Janet in concert? Never. I have. I was at the All For You tour. Oh, and when she plays Would You Mind Mm -hmm. and picks a guy out of the audience. Janet. Janet, man. Go, yeah, do yourself a favor. If you don't don't know Janet and her greatness, go back and watch this. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. 
you know, go, go, go give these women some love. They still out here. They still need us. It's not like they needed us. They still need the support of their fans and the upliftment. So do that for them. Are we going to take a break? Yes. So uh, Trump was acquitted. It was a thing uh, that happened. 57 senators voted to convict Trump. 43 voted to acquit. There were seven GOP members uh, that voted with the Democrats to impeach President Trump, uh, excuse me, to convict President Trump. That is Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Ben Sass, Bill Cassidy, Richard Burr, and Pat Toomey. There are a couple of surprises in there. Um, but uh, yeah, for the most part, it, it, uh, it seems as if the politicians up there on the Hill uh, fell short of what they needed to do in order to 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 lay some accountability at the feet of former President Trump. Lindsey Graham says that he spoke to Trump after his acquittal, and the president is excited about the midterm elections in 2022 and the opportunity that GOP has to uh, take he the House that? back. Yes, uh, to take the House back and also to make gains in the Senate. The Senate, of course, uh, is deadlocked at 50-50, your thoughts on the fact that Trump was acquitted in this manner? I mean, I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but I wasn't expecting for to to see the Republicans rise up and actually do what was right. Because for such a long time in the GOP, I've been watching them do what is wrong and not and not do things that are for the people, not do things to make a change, not do things to unify, but do things that align themselves with their party and the 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 seat that they hold. I I even read that the Republican senators that did vote, majority of them were either are either retiring or their seat is like, safe. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it was almost safe for them to be able to do that sure. at the same time. So Yes, I'm happy to see that more than ever crossed the line. But what does it really mean when that was their motivation for for their vote? It's disappointing, but to be expected. Somebody said something. One, I don't know if it was a. I'm not sure who said it. Somebody in Congress said the the scary thing about all of this is not necessarily for Donald Trump that's run that he may run again. It's that he may run again and may lose. And then what does that do for our country? And I think that the fact that these senators were on, in, in the Capitol, not all of them, but were in the Capitol when the Capitol was being attacked, they were there, they lived it, they were after these people, they know it was wrong. Some of these senators who decided to vote not to, a, uh, not to, to charge Trump were standing on, standing on the floor saying how vile what happened was, how it was wrong, yet they couldn't vote in that same manner. So although I may have so much hope for the current administration and th- and want things to change in that sense, yes, I'm excited that the, the Democrats control the Senate. How can I be hopeful that things are going to change and be better when we see what happened with this impeachment trial? I mean, if you can't imp- if you can't convict Trump off of this, if you can't do what's right off of this, how can I ever expect you to do what is right? And that's how I feel coming off. Even though I knew this is how it was going to go down, the fact that it actually did go down this way, 
it's, I, I, I have nothing for them. I expect nothing because everything you do is selfish. Everything you do is for your party and you're, we're never going to be better and come together as a society. Um, do you, what's the coziest place in the world to you? The coziest place. The yeah, coziest yeah. place, my parents' house. Your parents' house. Is there a special nook in there? Do you have nooks? Uh, at my parents' house, no. My old bedroom. But the, but I feel at home and safe and comfortable. Do, they, do your parents keep your bedroom the same way you kept it? Is it like still there? Uh, like, it, they've changed it. It's there, but they've changed it. New so furniture. You feel, like, you feel like that means that they don't love you? Okay, wow. That was a big leap. No, I'm uh, saying, like, no. the, why, would they, why would they change your room? <laughs> You know, because it's like, the guest room now. Nah, so like that's, that's bad. That's yeah, right. so like some of the stuff that was hanging up that's more childlike, they took down, that's, they gave they gave it to me. Stop, that's what made me feel a certain that's, way. That's horrible. But my spirit is in that room. My spirit is there. Now, did, did you did they change your sister's room? Uh Yes, my little sister's room has changed cuz it's now for the grandkids. It's completely changed. They, changed they even your- repaint they even repainted it. So this was a this was an aside, but I'm just gonna stay here one second. Just know that as soon as you left, your parents went in and they changed your room. It wasn't that quick. It's just as soon as you left, your parents went in and they went, "Hey, she's gone. Let's put a hot tub in here." That's what <laughs> as soon as you left. It's, just, it's, 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 it's interesting. It's just an interesting Stop. thing. Um, but the reason why I asked you what the most cozy place in the world is the most cozy place to me is my mother's bedroom in my grandmother's house. Mm. My mother has African art everywhere. She's always got the temperature in the right place, the bed, some kind of way. She just, my mother's just a cozy lady. That's the coziest place in the world. Mm-hmm. But I tell you a cozier place. A cozier place must be on Donald Trump's nuts. <laughs> because the GOP right now, forget about anything that has to do with morals or anything that has to do with, with uh, constitutional duty or mm-hmm. anything like that. They just some nut huggers. And it's hard to watch. You're just on this man's nuts. Get off his nuts. You just like, this guy is gone. Like, it's just so hard to watch somebody yes. on somebody's nuts. It's, have some respect for yourself, dog. Like the reality is you sell this bill of goods to everyone about how much you care about America, how much you care about the police, how much you care about law and order, but you don't care about anything more than you care about Donald mm-hmm. Trump's nuts. It just on his nuts. <laughs> like, bro, I, but we all know people like this, you know? But there's people like this in your life that, like, you can't say... I, I had a homie that loved DMX so much, and we all love DMX, but this guy really was the biggest DMX fan in the world. Didn't matter what happened. DMX put out a song. The song wasn't rocking. It didn't happen very much, but it happened a couple of times. And my boy B is just going, bro, that new X is crazy, crazy. Now I'm like, yo, bro, should get off this nigga nuts. <laughs> it's not hot. Like, you got to be able to say when something's not hot. That, that's how you maintain Correct. your objectivity. And the, 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 the insurrection... That's not hot. Not hot. You go out and you tell Americans that there has to be this, that we have to have respect for police. We have to do all of this. But when someone steps over that line in the most egregious and gross way, threatens not only your life, you don't have enough backbone to punish the man who tried to kill you. 
That's right. next level nut hugging. And they and they admit it. They admit that what he did was wrong. They admit that he was inciting the violence. They just say it's unconstitutional to be trying the president when he is no longer the president, when he's no longer in office. That's the crazy thing. They know it's wrong. They're on I mean, his nuts. I, <laughs> oh, go they're ahead. They on his nuts, and it's weird. And by the way, there's there's nothing there's nothing you can do. Like once you've done this, you can't go back, right? It's like so maybe that's what it is, though, Van. What but is it? What you mean? They've 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 uh, committed. They're too. They're in. They're in too deep. They've gone too far. So it's like we're just gonna stay with it. Think about it. They're surrounding themselves with fellow congressmen and congresswomen who support and uplift these ideals. They go back to their constituents who who believe these same things. That's what all they're doing. There's nobody checking them, and they don't want to be checked. There's nobody holding them. They won't let people hold them accountable. There's a cost. A man died. There's a cost. A Absolutely. man died. There's real American blood at the hands of the right here. At the hands of President Trump. You know what? I'm not going to blame the entire right. I'm going to blame the guy who, who's to blame for it. There's real American blood on the hands of the president. Mm-hmm. A man died. Died mm-hmm. doing his duty. You know, and and now I hear that Eugene Goodman is going to get the Congressional Medal of Honor. Is that a thing? I think I heard that. That it's super American that he gets the Congressional Medal of Honor mm. putting his life on the line. But on the other side, on the other side of it, the president gets acquitted. Right. Like, how do you reconcile those two things? Right. It doesn't right. make any sense. I'm telling you, man. The two, the the toothpaste is out of the tube now. You guys, just it, it is the mustard's off the hot dog. The toothpaste is I out love of the tube. Like there is, it's, it's, it's we're in full on wacky bizarro land. <laughs> you know, full on wacky bizarro land. That's as much time as we're going to spend on that. Yep. Hopefully, the, G, the the GOP understands that there's no future with President Trump. But maybe they think that they're in. Get off his nuts. Have some respect for yourself. Ah, uh, yo, I got. I got reacquainted with a friend this past week. Oh, Oh, we should say this. We finally hung out in L.A. We did. Safely, you guys. Safely. Safely. We're outside. uh, Outside. On the terrace uh, at the hotel. Rachel came by. We hung out. It was very, very fun. Shout out to Brian. Shout out to Dan. My baby was there. Kalika. Um, Tommy was there for a quick second. Tommy came for it. Tommy Alter came for, for a second. Uh, shout out to everyone, but we all hung out. It was very fun. Um, but I, it's weird. I'm saying this. I got reacquainted with someone that I had like missed for a long time and I hadn't seen. And that's Beyonce's ass. Okay. Beyonce's so ass someone. is back. You guys don't remember what a deal <laughs> because other people have since came in. That's something we don't talk enough about. I don't about. think people forget about that, the body that Beyonce has. I'm not talking about the body. I'm talking about specifically her ass. <laughs> And this is, I'm sorry, but like it was the all the rage back in the day. I remember, I remember when people realized, like, hey, bro, did you see Beyonce got that thing on her? I and when did we when stop I, talking about it? We've it, these last couple of years, we've definitely stopped talking about it. Definitely. Okay. We've you definitely think- stopped talking about it for sure. Hmm. Okay. You is think because- we talk about Beyonce's ass as much as we used to? No, we talk about the kids. We talk about right. You and know, we talk about with, other uh, asses. Black is king. Like been, we talk, yeah, we yeah. talk about other things. Apparently, Beyonce's given us so much. 
She's given us a lot to talk about other yeah. than her ass, which is okay. the way that you want things to be, I guess, if you're Beyonce. She's a multi-talented lady. But these new Ivy Park photos, have you seen them? I have. Oh, she looks my amazing. God. She looks amazing. Oh, it's time for... She apparently... Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that Beyonce saying, hey, I want you guys to talk about my cakes again? Is this her saying, I hey... I think Beyonce is saying, I still got it. That's what like, she's saying? Yeah, of course she's saying that. I still got it. No matter what I have going on here, maybe you haven't seen it in a while, but just in case y'all forgot, I still got it. So, do you, it, that's interesting. Why? So is it? Is it because it almost feels blasphemous in a way to talk about Beyonce as a why to, to sexual like as a sex symbol? Why? Because she's, she's so elegant and graceful and like uh, regal, and she has such a place in the culture. It almost like, seems like we shouldn't be talking about that. I don't think that's fair. I think that. She can be all those things and be sexy. And maybe that is what she's reminding us of in these pictures. Like, you can still do all of that and be sexy with it at the same time. Right. Sexy is one thing. And I'm not saying that she's doing anything untoward. But, like, sexy is one thing. But the pictures that came out, they specifically got some booty meat. And I guess what I'm asking, is it okay to discuss Beyonce's booty meat? Is it okay to talk about Beyonce's ass like this? You say yes. so. Well, I, I mean, I just think it's, I talk about Beyonce as a whole. You keep focusing on the ass. I'm just going to put but that the out there. the ass is the star in the show in some of these pictures. Like, no, it, Beyonce it, is the star. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him. I'm scrolling through. I'm taking a look. Beyonce, and, and you know what I love is Beyonce is a, is a beautiful woman and she's a voluptuous woman. She is. And I love that she is. So when I, when I see her showing off her body like this, it's like, it's okay to embrace your curves and your, you know, the hips and the butt. And it's, that's, it's, it's that's beautiful. Not a, that's not a thing. That's not a thing anymore. What's, of course what's it's not so a thing anymore? Being a natural, okay with, a natural one? No, I'm, okay, saying, add, I'm saying, I'm saying like, it's not, it's not a thing anymore that it's not okay to embrace your curves. It's not, um, it's not a thing I would argue in some circles, it's not that it's not okay. Yes, people embrace it more than ever, but I would still say that there are people, there are circles that don't embrace this. Seriously? That don't embrace? Yes. I, I feel like that's the beauty, am I wrong? I feel like that's the beauty standard now. Trudy, how many, Trudy how many, Joseph. How many, how many, how many women on The Bachelor are curvy? Yeah, but that's not the same thing though. Why not? I said some circles. But that, well, I said well, some circles. But what I'm saying is that... You don't we're see full-figured women like that on the show. But we're talking about Beyonce here. So that's like, that's in the culture. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's kind of... I mean, I'm, they got the iron, iron and board backs. I'm but sure Beyonce that's a big thing isn't on the just a, But Beyonce Black isn't backs. just about the culture. Beyonce, Beyonce yeah. transcends that. So she's showing this to multiple audiences is what I'm trying to say. She's not... <laughs> it's not just about just... So listen, Trudy, let me ask, let's, let's, let's ask Trudy, because I don't know. I'm wrong. I'm a man. Am I mansplaining? Maybe I am. Trudy, is Trudy Joseph, uh, is it is it a thing now? Is it still taboo for a woman to have curves? Is that like a taboo? I didn't That's say what it was taboo. Said. I don't think that it's taboo now for a woman to have curves. I think a lot of our society is is body positive, but I do think that having natural bodies isn't you know, 
it's just, it's not talked about enough. I think that we see women with enhanced bodies and that becomes the standard. And what's so great about Beyonce in those photos is that's really her. And I think that's what Rachel's saying. We don't know that. Thank you, Trudy. We don't know that. You don't know that. that. We don't know that. And by the way, I think, look, we don't, we don't know. Beyonce, we don't know if that's really her. And it, by the way, it would make the, no difference if, if it say, was or if it wasn't. But her body looks different here than it has in other pictures. And I think that that's what's great is she is embracing that after having children. She looks amazing. But she, she may not look... always looks amazing. Right. But in these pictures, she's even more like voluptuous with it. And I think that that's, that is her. This is Beyonce. That Well, no, I'm not even Beyonce. talking about that. That's not even... You're looking at the wrong pictures, first of all. I'm See, looking at all... I'm Pretty, looking at all the pictures. Pull up the picture with her. That's what I'm talking about right there. My Man, God. I didn't show you the picture just so you could have just a moment I'm, again. I'm telling you. Woo! That, <laughs> shout out to you, Hove. And shout out to all. By the way, that's not that's not un what you see right there, that's not uncommon for Houston women. Houston women. See, people think that Texas they like women. a certain size. So the, people think that they like a certain <laughs> size woman. So you go down there to Houston. You might slide your girl an extra plate. You know what I mean? Because you <laughs> you go down there in Houston, you see how them, you might slide, like, hey, baby, eat up. Get some dessert, baby. You know, women are beautiful at all sizes, but that, the boy, the South makes you love a woman. So Texas, so Houston is the South. So well, Texas Houston, is the South. Because well, you just you, said it. Well, I'll tell you like this. Houston, mm-hmm. Houston, we can kind of claim. Oh, stop. That's true. Houston got bayous and stuff. Houston, we can kind of oh, claim. you got to have a bayou to be a no, part of the I'm, South. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying Houston, we can kind of claim Dallas is definitely not. But if, they, oh, if there was stop. if there was one place <laughs> in Texas that was the South, it would be Houston. Shout out to Beaumont as well. Houston, it, you you might be able. I to I feel claim. like you're saying that because there's like a direct way to get there from where you're from, Baton Rouge to Houston, and you're connecting it, and you're naming cities along the way. Stop. By the way, it was Give mad Texas people. Respect. It was mad people on the internet that was asking whether or not Beyonce had a BBL. It was mad people that were asking. I don't mad people. It was a whole thing on Twitter about people asking whether or not Beyonce had had a BBL. And I guess my question is, if she had had a BBL, if she had done that, what's wrong with that? A what? A BBL, a Brazilian butt lift. You know what that is, right? A BBL. I, I didn't know that it had an acronym. I've, I'm not well versed in it. Sorry. That, a You've BBL. never heard the term BBL before? Mm-mm. Man, you don't Mm-mm. know enough Instagram models, man. You, and you, I, I think I'm kind of proud to say that. My oh, proud judgment rate. I'm just Here saying, we go. sorry. Here I don't know go. the term. I don't know that acronym for BBL? Brazilian butt lift. You've never heard BBL before? But Bri- no. So if Beyonce had had a BBL, is that wrong? They take fat from somewhere no, on your body, inject it to the butt. No, I think it's wrong if people want to enhance themselves. But I think right. Beyonce presents that she's all natural, and I think that that's and she looks fantastic looks doing amazing. it the natural way. All right, let me say something. One more thing about this before we go. Uh, what? Jay Z's got to watch out because I'm looking at this picture of Beyonce. Watch out for who, Van? This Ivy Park drop that she had on January 18th. And first of all, this picture was liked by 2.6 million people, okay? And one of the people that liked this, it says, liked by Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm looking at it right now. Liked by Jake Gyllenhaal and then 200, uh, like 2.6 million people. All right, now. 
What does I that hope. even mean? I, Why is he a threat to Jay-Z? Jay Gyllenhaal. Jay Gyllenhaal. Sexy man. All right, now. I actually don't think so, but okay. You don't, you don't, you're not down with a little, wait, what? Well, of course that, you are. That... You don't think Jay, you don't, you don't have it. Yeah. You like white guys. You know, you, you like. Okay. You, I am married. I am married. Yes. yes. Stop that. Stop. Well, Stop. <laughs> Stop. 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 A lot of people was getting that. A lot of people was coming at your neck for that. A lot of people was like, I saw one woman that tweeted. For what? They were like, Ra- Rachel's married to a white dude. Yeah, she's coming down on Chris Harrison. Pick a side. That was one of the best tweets I ever saw. That's the best tweet. Why, Van? Why? Because it's funny as hell. How's like, that pick, funny? I'm like, not pick laughing. A <laughs> like, pick, pick a side. side. People like, are pick ignorant. Pick a side. People Choose a ignorant. side, Rachel. Rachel, People choose a side. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal is a sexy man. It's women out there. All right, cool. Yeah, that's all we got today. Look, uh, you guys, the reality of the situation is that it, it's kind of just starting here, you know, with uh, with this whole Bachelor thing. It's, it's, it's become something bigger now. It's become a cultural moment, a Flashpoint cultural moment. Isn't that interesting for you? I love it. I love that I'm a part of it. I'm part of the conversation. Uh, again, never did I think that it would amount to this, but when I decided to be first Black Bachelorette, it was to make noise, to create mm. some change. And I'm happy to see other people are wanting the same thing. It's great. Well, the crazy thing is, we still got four more weeks of Matt James. Four That's more weeks of Matt James. And we got to watch Chris Harrison on our screen like none of this happened because it was right. recorded so many months ago. They should put like a... It's they should, so they weird. Should edit. They should edit, like, you know how girls do that when they don't want you to know who their boyfriend is? They put an emoji over his face. Can they you put, imagine? They should put an emoji okay. over Chris Harris's, uh, Chris What's Harris's the emoji? face. What's the emoji? I don't know which emoji it would be. Maybe it could be like a picture of Frederick Douglass or something like that. <laughs> they put over his face every time he speaks. It sounds like it's coming from Frederick Douglass or Fred Hampton or somebody like that. Not Chairman Fred, Not Fred, rest Hampton. in peace, my man. But, like, but, um, but but yeah, I, I don't know. It's so itchy because I'm going to watch tonight. Tonight's going to be a big show, right? Tonight's going to be a big show. Tonight's going mean, to be a big kinda show. Kind of plays right along into some of the things we're talking Cannot about. Cannot wait. <laughs> um, Duke, you guys got to come back. We got a Wednesday show dropping. Uh, and then we have, we're coming back on Friday. So we got an interview dropping Wednesday with uh, uh, Ibram. Dr. Uh, Kendi? Dr. Kendi. We got an interview dropping with Dr. Kendi. He wrote... How to be an anti-racist. That's fantastic. <laughs> Can I just say, we recorded the interview recorded before all of this happened, before. but ain't God good? He right. said, you know what? This is right. timely. Abram Kendi on Wednesday, and then on Friday, <laughs> we're coming back. Matt James, Winnie Rose, high learning is back on your airwaves, earwaves, or whatever. Uh, we out for right now. Take your thing caps off. Do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan. I'm Rachel Lindsay. 